Welcome to today's edition of Out of Our Own End Zone. Today we have Remy from the Hard Pass Sports Podcast to talk about NFL free agency and trades. Please take a second to introduce yourself. What's going on, man? So yeah, uh, my name is Remy. I do Hard Pass Sports Podcast. Um, We break down a lot of different topics, uh, all kinds of NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball when it's coming around. So uh, I definitely appreciate a chance to jump on here, get a couple of new listeners, and uh, appreciate the opportunity, man. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Uh, first topic I'd like to cover is the Rams-Matthew Stafford trade where they sent Jared Goff third round and first round pick in exchange for Matthew Stafford. I I love the Rams mindset. So the Rams the past couple of years have just been one of those teams that they kind of they go all in. Like their their mindset is they want to win a Super Bowl. They don't care what it takes. Clearly they keep trading away first round draft picks just to get already established players. So in a couple of years I think that salary cap situation is going to be just absolute nightmares for them, but I really like it. I mean, one of the things that I've always thought is is Matt Stafford, I've his talent level, I'm, I'm just so excited to see him somewhere outside of Detroit. I just feel like Detroit kind of sucks away at these people's careers. I mean, you can look back at some of the all-time great players that have been there and they've never been able to accomplish anything. So I'm really excited to see Stafford get out of Detroit and I think that it really helps bump the Rams up from a, a really good team to a great team. Will they win the Super Bowl? I don't know, but they're definitely, I think, in a better position with Stafford than they were with Jared Goff. Yeah, I share the same opinions. I think they have a sneaky offense with uh, Cam Akers coming on at the end, uh, just because he was a rookie. But then at the end, of the, this kind of his playoff run was pretty good. And then they have some not superstar receivers, but some pretty good receivers with Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, and Robert Woods. Yeah, I think the tools around him are going to be pretty good. Um, You know, of course, we've had the luxury of watching Matt Stafford play with the likes of Calvin Johnson, your big play Kenny Galladay for a couple of years. Um, I don't think that any of those guys are necessarily that type of player, but they're definitely good wide receivers, and it's a good core of wide receivers. So, and like what you said with Cam Akers, I, I his his come on at the end of the year was insane. I think that's what they expected when they drafted him. So, I think they have a lot to look forward to. That defense is already elite. So, if they can get better play out of the quarterback position, I, I honestly, the sky's the limit for that team. But the downside of, of it is they play in probably the hardest division in football. So it's going to be an interesting year for the Rams. See how, how much success they have running with Matt Stafford versus Jared Goff. Uh, yes. How do you feel about Jared Goff with the Lions? Uh, I, I was never that big on Jared Goff in the first place. Um, even coming out, I just didn't think he was going to be anything special. The fact that the Rams gave him the contract when they did, I I didn't see that coming. I, I honestly thought with Sean McVay's offense and the way that he runs things, I was expecting the Rams to be the first team to just let a quarterback like that walk in free agency. And when they gave him that big deal, I was just kind of blown away. I felt like McVay could have taken any number of quarterbacks and developed them the same way that Jared Goff did. And – uh 
there's all these reports that came out in the last couple of days about McVeigh and golf kind of having a, a lot of just animosity towards each other in the last year. So that, that breakup was bound to happen from Detroit's standpoint, man, Detroit is just in full on rebuild mode. I, I don't think Jared Goff makes them any better. I mean, I just look at his contract and they have this year and next year, it looks like, and then they have a potential out to get out with only, I think, 10 million in dead cap. So I wouldn't be shocked if Detroit goes, you know, a very low win total, three, four wins, gets an early draft pick next year, picks a quarterback to compete with him, and then they cut him after that. He's just... I don't think he's that great, and what he's going to be throwing to in Detroit next year is going to be infinitely worse than what he had with the Rams. So I expect a a, a tough year for Jared Goff next season. I thought uh, Detroit got a pretty uh, good trade package, but the problem is the Lions are the Lions and probably won't get anything (laughs) good from the pick. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think looking at it is like this year – it's a third. So they don't even get a first this season for trading away their franchise quarterback. So I, that, I mean, I think they got a good haul, but I agree. They're so bad at drafting that that could turn out to be nothing. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the uh, second big quarterback tr- trade of this offseason. Carson Wentz to the Colts for a third round pick and a conditional 2020 to second round pick that could be a first round pick. What are your initial reactions about this trade? So this when this trade went down, I thought it was a win-win trade on both sides. On both sides, it was a, a win-win for me because the Colts need a quarterback. That defense is arguably the best defense in the league. They had Phillip Rivers retire. They had to do something at the quarterback position. My issue is, is I think Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback based on what I saw last season. Watching him play for the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and people can blame any number of things, whether it was injuries or poor coaching scheme, but I watched a guy who held onto the ball entirely too long, made massive mental mistakes, just did not know when to let the, let the play go, throw the ball away, live to fight another down. And you saw that from all the interceptions and fumbles and sacks and everything he took. Um, but if you look at it from the Colts standpoint, if he's garbage, you bench him and you, you gave up a second round pick. So you tried. If he's If he can somehow turn back the clock and go back to being that MVP candidate that we saw at one point, then – they get they gave up a late first round pick for a franchise quarterback. So I think it's a win-win. I'm shocked that the the Eagles got as much as they did for him because just how poorly he played. Um so like I said, I think it's a good trade on both ends. We just have to see how Wentz plays. I, I would hate for the Colts to waste having that defense with those playmakers on offense. They if they get anything out of the quarterback position, they're gonna be in the uh in the running for a championship next year. Yes. Um, I personally like Carson Wentz, but I'm pretty biased because the Browns passed on him, and I, I want every quarterback that the Browns pass on to be good. But, and I just like a lot of quarterbacks in general. But it will definitely be interesting to see if he can come um, turn back into that MVP uh, season he had 
Uh, he does have Frank Wright as his coach, who was his coordinator during that time, which I think will help him. And I think the Colts have more weapons uh, than the Eagles do. But I also like to get your thoughts on what do you think about Jalen Hurts as the Eagles quarterback? I think that you got to give the kid a chance if you're the Eagles. I, this this talk of the Eagles looking for a quarterback or drafting a guy or trading up to draft a guy, I, I think it's too early. I think Jalen Hurts is a unique talent. I think if you build an offense around him the right way, kind of similar, almost kind of similar to what Baltimore does with Lamar Jackson, I think Jalen Hurts could have a ton of success in the NFL. The issue is, is that franchise is not doing a great job of trying to build up his confidence. Um, uh, you know, the ownership came out and said that, yes, he's going to be the starting quarterback, but there's still all this chatter about whether they should get involved into the Sean Watson saga, if they're going to take a quarterback with their first round pick, trade up. I just I think you took the guy in the second round when when the pick happened. When they took Jalen Hurts with the second-round pick, I said, well, that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Because if you truly believed that Carson Wentz was your guy, then you basically just drafted a backup quarterback with the second-round draft pick. Now that Carson Wentz is gone, then, okay, now it's his chance. you got to give the guy a shot. When he came in last year, he had a spark for that offense. I mean, he didn't – He anything's better than just turning the ball over a bunch of times. So I think you give him a chance. I mean, it might be a short leash. I don't expect the Eagles to be a great team next year, so I don't expect a lot of wins, but I think the kid's got some talent. I would give him this season, see what he's got, and then make the decision. I wouldn't pull the chain on him so quick and put him on the bench. Yeah. I definitely uh, liked him at Alabama, and I like his play style. So moving on to another big free agent signing, Uh, What are your thoughts on J.J. Watt to the Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals team in general? So, J.J. Watt's one of my favorite players of all time. I mean, he's just been such a dominant force for so long. Unfortunately, the injuries kind of caught up to him a little bit. I still think he's got a lot in the gas tank if he stays healthy. So, for the Cardinals, I think it's a fantastic signing. I think – Combining J.J. Watt with Chandler Jones, if they're both healthy, that's that's just terrifying for offenses. They're, my only issues are, one, he got more money than I expected he was going to get. I, I did not expect – I think he's going to be like 32 this season coming off of the injury history that he's had before in the past. They gave him a lot of money. Um, but, like I said, if you get a healthy J.J. Watt, then – then it all it all pans out. My big issue with it was JJ Watt came out and said that he wanted to sign with a with a Super Bowl contending team. That's what he wanted. And and I like the Cardinals, but I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs last year and now maybe they get better. My issue with them is I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is any good as a coach or not. That's where my issue is, is, is I think I look at their roster and I see a lot of talent. I think, you know, Kyler Murray's going to have some success. They, you know, they absolutely robbed the Texans in getting DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, their running back situation is always a little shaky, but I think that the talent is there. It's just Cliff Kingsbury wasn't a very good college head coach, and they brought him into an NFL team and they let him just kind of run the show. They drafted Josh Rosen early in the first round, immediately let him walk because Kyler Murray was the guy. 
and they they're a good team, not a great team. So I I personally was thinking JJ was going to go either to Pittsburgh to play with his brothers or to the Packers because that they're a Wisconsin family. So and those two teams, I think you're talking immediately that that become they become big time Super Bowl contenders or maybe even a team like Tennessee who has got a lot of things going for them. Their pass rush has just been just awful the last few years. So I, I I like it. I don't love it. I think for them, it makes them better, but I don't think it jumps them into the Super Bowl category. Yeah, it's, it'll definitely be interesting what happens with the Cardinals next year because I like Kyler, and then they have Kenyon Drake, who's a pretty good running back. Obviously, they have DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the top receivers. They have like an old Larry Fitzgerald, too. They were an eight and eight team, but around eight and eight at least. And yeah. they had to start Strevler at the end, but then they also picked up a victory with that Hail Mary against the Bills. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting yeah. to see how they improve uh, this season. Noop, Noop is outrageous, though. I, I tell you, um, one of the things we talk about in a lot of our shows, and we when we talk about quarterbacks and we talk about the weapons that you put around them, and you put Deshaun Watson on, or not Deshaun, sorry, you put DeAndre Hopkins on almost anyone's team, and that quarterback gets a huge bump. Dude is an absolute freak. And uh, I think it was the best thing they could have done for Kyler Murray was get him a guy like that. Um, and so I, I foresee some real progression coming out of Kyler Murray. All right. Now we go to a, um, for me at least, this will be more of a two-pronged question, but the first part was very confusing to me the Bears signing quarterback Andy Dalton and then secondarily Mitch Trubisky signing with the Bills Uh, my first thoughts was just kind of confused why the Bears did this because he may be better than Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles but that's not like evidently apparent so it just kind of feels like a lateral move or a move where they'll wait to either draft a quarterback this year, but I don't know if they're going to do that, or draft a quarterback next year. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Andy Dalton signing? I They just wanted to move on from Mitch Trubisky. Um, the front office, you know, ownership, I think that they were done with that experiment. And and I don't, I don't knock Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's just the worst quarterback in the league, but I think they they we know what he is at this point. He's he he's a probably backup spot starter type of guy. Um so I just think they were done with it. They just wanted to move on. They didn't want it to be a distraction. They didn't want to have to keep doing this like is Mitch Trubisky our guy? Is he not our guy? They just wanted him gone. All the reports that I saw were that they were hard in on trying to get Russell Wilson. Like that, I saw things where they had offered three first, Khalil Mack, some other people just to try and pull Russell Wilson. And when it became clear the Seahawks weren't going to move on from him, I I feel like they kind of hit a panic switch and said, "Well, we got to do something. We have to do something at the quarterback position." And I look at it from, I mean. Andy Dalton, his years in Cincinnati, I always thought I always felt like he was a, you know, probably a little bit of an above average quarterback in Cincy, but he did have a lot of weapons and stuff to play with. You know, he had AJ Green for almost his entire career. And I think he's a manageable guy. He he 
didn't start too hot in Dallas last year when Dak went down, but he kind of picked it up a little bit. I just think it's one of those things where the Bears look at it and go, man, we're probably not going to be a very good team this year. We have to throw somebody out there. Um, it's a one-year deal, so if they are terrible this year, which I think they will be, then they, they get their quarterback in next year's draft. And, um, and like I said, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I just think it's a team that knows where they're at. They know they're not in position to win a ton of games. What I, what I really feel bad for is Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has been an absolute monster at the wide receiver position, regardless of who the quarterback has been. And now he's stuck with Andy Dalton for another year because they franchise tagged. So, I was hoping for Allen Robinson's sake he would either get a chance to leave Chicago or they were be able to improve the quarterback situation. I just can't imagine a guy like him playing with like an Aaron Rodgers or something like that. The numbers he would put up would be absolute insanity. Um, but for Mitch Trubisky, I think you know he gets a chance to when he go go into the Bills like that. Him and I think Josh Allen are, are similar skill set guys. Clearly, Josh Allen's just better. But it's a good way for him to get into a system, I think, that would fit his strengths. And potentially, maybe he gets another chance to start. I don't, it won't be in, in Buffalo, but maybe if he can show some stuff as the backup there, maybe like a Jameis Winston type deal, sit for a year, learn something a little bit new, and maybe potentially find a spot to fit in as a starter after next season. Yeah. The Bears. Definitely need work on offense with their two uh, only good players. You said Allen Robinson, and they also have David Montgomery. I also – I was – not to say that this is going to happen or even if it would happen, but I sort of saw on Twitter and it sort of popped in my mind that they, like, might think they're able to dump Nick Foles to get rid of his contract, and that's why they saw – Dalton, that's more of just a wild theory I throw out because <laughs> just because I was pondering it. But let's get to another uh, kind of hot topic. I've seen it around Twitter. Uh, Marcus Mariota taking, he said he wasn't going to take less money and then he ended up taking less money for the Raiders. I've seen some uh, discussions about is there actually 32 quarterbacks in the NFL better than Mariota? Just off the top of my head, I we just talked about Andy Dalton. Mariota, uh, you could definitely argue. And then the other one I was thinking of, he's, he might be better than Drew Locke. And you could probably argue that uh, him or Darnold could go either way too. Uh, what's your thoughts about Mariota? I, I definitely think Mariota is better than some of the starters, especially like the guys you just mentioned. Um my thing with Mariota is it has to be the right fit. Um, he's he's not a drop back passer. That's that's not his strength. It really wasn't his strength coming in. Um, he is a a runner, a playmaker outside of the pocket. And and that one year when he had a lot of success in Tennessee, that's what they did with him. They they were a heavy run team. They used him a lot in the run game. The issue with some of those guys is eventually you either start to wear down or you start to slow down. And 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 that's that's not a, a good thing for some of these guys because he's not getting any younger. Um I just I looking at it from the Raiders standpoint, it all depends on what 
would have been thrown out at them to try and get him away from them. Um, I don't know if they're, you know, I think Derek Carr has been one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the last couple of seasons. He's put up good numbers. That franchise has historically been a pretty bad franchise other than a small little stretch um, when Gruden was first there. Uh, so, but they don't seem sold on him. They, it, it seems like they, they're waiting for a reason to try to move on from Derek Carr. So I think they were looking at it from a standpoint of they want to hold on to Mariota just in case something happens and they have to pull the plug, pull Derek Carr out and, and they've got a good backup plan there. I, you know, I think if this is his last year, I do think that, He's going to have to pick on somewhere that it's an, another one of those like one-year prove-it deals, but maybe he gets on with a team that does need quarterback help. The teams you named, like I look at like Denver, especially with Drew Locke. I think Denver has a ton of talent all over the place, but they're really held back by the quarterback position. I think Drew Locke's inability to make the most out of the playmakers he has hurts them tremendously. I would love to see Mariota somewhere like that. Um, I just know that the Raiders aren't going to trade him to the Broncos because they don't want to give the Broncos a starting quarterback. So, and the the Jets and this love, maybe you can explain this to me. The love for Sam Darnold in the media after all these years, it, it, and them still thinking there's something there inside of him. And I get that he's been a Jet, and they are terrible, and they do not put anyone around him to help him succeed. I just don't see him being a good quarterback. I, I don't get it. Maybe there's something my eyes don't see, but I definitely think Mariota would be an upgrade over Darnold. He'd be an upgrade over Locke. You know, he. I would definitely like. I like Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton's you know 33 years old at this point. At least Mariota's younger. So if you're going to put someone on a one year deal, might as well have been him. Yeah, I think John Gruden just has like. He seems like the personality to like just flip off, flip flop opinions a lot. Cause like mm-hmm. he didn't like Derek Carr and he did like Derek Carr and he might not like Derek Carr. But it just seems like his personality type. And for Sam Darnold, I like Sam Darnold. I always use the excuse that he's on the Jets, but uh, I wouldn't automatically say he'd be like really good if he went like somewhere else or something like. I'd have to wait and see on that one. Moving on to um, a Dolphins player moving to the uh, Washington football team. We've got Ryan Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick signing with the Washington football team. What are your opinions on that signing? I'm really happy that he got a chance. There were there were reports that had come out before he signed that he was contemplating retirement. And I didn't want that. I, I think Fitzpatrick has done enough. He's done enough overall in his career to to warrant a chance to be a starting quarterback again. Um, and I think it's the perfect fit. I, I really – I saw a lot of people in the media knocking Washington for, for bringing him in and, and not trying to find a better solution. But, I mean, all you need from Ryan Fitzpatrick with that defense as good as it is and the fact that they, they went out and they got Curtis Samuel – so now you're looking at Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. They got a lot of speed at the running back position. All you need for him to do is be a, a decent quarterback. You don't need him to be a top five quarterback for that team to win a bunch of football games. So I think he's 
as much, and I love Alex Smith, and I think Alex Smith's story last year is one of the best stories I've ever seen in football. But I think Fitzpatrick is clearly an improvement over Alex Smith at this point. So I love the move from Washington. I hate to see him go out of Miami, but I understand why Miami had to make the move because of Miami backed themselves into a corner last season by doing that thing where they put in they should they shouldn't have benched. Fitzpatrick when they did, but they made the decision to move on to Tua. And then they did that flip-flop thing, like you're talking. They they would put in Tua. He wouldn't play well. They'd bench him, bring in Fitzpatrick. So they, and they did that a couple of times. And so I, if Miami truly is dedicated to Tua, then Fitzpatrick had to go. It, it just because it would have become a major distraction, a topic of conversation week in, week out. If Tua throws an interception, all of a sudden, when are we bringing in Fitzpatrick? But from Washington, it's a great move. They they don't have to commit a ton of money or a long time to a quarterback. But that defense being as good as it is, they have a chance to really you know do some damage in the NFC, especially in that division. So I love it from their standpoint, and I'm very happy Ryan Fitzpatrick gets to continue his career. Uh, one of the quotes I saw from him, and I absolutely love it, was he said, every week is a revenge game for me because I've played for every team in the league. <laughs> so I'm happy for him. I, I wish him a lot of success there in, in Washington. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a fact that it was he beat Tom Brady on every other uh, <laughs> NFC East team at least once. <laughs> It's wild the teams he's he's played for so many different teams. But I tell you, I, I tell you what we saw from Taylor Heineke in that game that he got to start. I mean, I I think Fitzpatrick is the starter, but if Fitzpatrick goes through one of his lulls where some because there are times where he he doesn't play great, don't be shocked if they throw him out there. What I saw from Tyler Heineke in that game, he was he was damn impressive. He was very good for a guy who, you know, he played for the Panthers for a couple of games. But, you know, everyone just thought he was a third-string quarterback. He balled out in that game. Yeah, I like uh, Taylor Heineke, obviously, internet darling. Uh, Ron Rivera obviously has confidence in him to start him. So, yeah, we'll see what happens on that front. Let's uh, switch gears to a team that. Uh, it's, I guess it's up in the air what signing class they've had so far, but they've definitely signed a lot of people. That is the New England Patriots. You ain't kidding. They they have brought the house. They have <laughs> completely remodeled that team. Um, and I've talked about this with a couple of people. That that free agent signing class is. We won't know. I mean, like you can sit here and say, yes, it's a great class or no, it's not a great class. We won't know until we actually see the product they put on the field. Do I think they're a better team than they were last year? Yes. I think offensively their lack of weapons last year was – it was one of the worst wide receiving cores I've, I've ever seen. I'm a, uh, I'm a University of South Carolina fan, and when your number one wide receiver is Demir Bird in most of your games, that's a problem. Like I love Demir Bird, USC guy, but he's not a number one wide receiver. So I think the moves that they brought in where they were able, you know, I think Kendrick Bourne from the 49ers, I think he's a good wide receiver. He'll get a chance uh, to really make a splash in New England. Um, 
the tight end moves. I mean, they went and got both the top tight ends in free agency. I'm still up in the air on those just because I think they're both fantastic receiving tight ends. And New England has been known to run a lot of two tight end sets. Of course, everyone's going to remember Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, what they were able to, to do together. The issue that I see is I don't think Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith either are great run blockers. And where Gronk has always been known as one of the better run blocking tight ends as well, I, we'll see how that pans out. I, I think that their running game is still – I don't love it, and I don't think having two like pass-catching tight ends is going to help as much as, as people want it, want it to. But – it all comes down to one thing for me. And and they made some splashes on the defensive side. You know, they got Godshaw from Miami at the nose tackle position. He's a good player. They were able to get Kyle Van Noy back for, you know, half the price that it would have cost them to keep him last year. So that's a big move. Um, they were, you know, they made some really big moves. But to me, this free agency class for them all comes down to Cam Newton. And and he got you know, decent chunk of money. They're gonna start him. This is going to be what happens. I've always been a firm believer of you can build a team without having to pay a ton of money to the quarterback position. So if Cam Newton plays well and kind of backs up that theory, I think you might see teams try and make that happen a little bit more often. You pay your quarterback not you know $40 million, and then you sign a bunch of pieces around them and see how well the team does. But – then again, on the flip side of that is if Cam Newton is absolutely terrible, then they're just going to lose a bunch of games again, and you're going to have signed all those players for nothing. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, I thought Cam Newton was washed going into this season, and he did show it. Yeah, he had a good start, but then it might have just been because he got COVID, and then he wasn't he wasn't as good as after that, but. He definitely didn't have any receivers, and they've signed a couple in Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, who are aren't top tier, but they're not terrible either. Uh, Aguilar kind of came on a little bit last year. He sort of came on. He showed flashes with the Eagles as well. Obviously, he's got mm. drop problems. Uh, yes, but. What do you we'll see. I mean, I, I I just looked at it from a standpoint, and I know, like I said, they're they're clearly they're going to have better playmaking this year. But looking at Cam's stat totals from last year, he went into Week 17 with five passing touchdowns. He threw three in the last game of the season. He went in with five five passing touchdowns at the end of the season, and I just it blew my mind. Like he finished the season with eight. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, so if, if you had a quarterback who threw a touchdown pass every other game, you would not – that's not good enough. That's not getting the job done. Now, of course, he's got the running aspect to his game that, you know, he scored a ton of rushing touchdowns, but he's a freak. So, of course, he should be able to do that. But you got to be able to throw the ball. So, we'll see. They gave him a lot more money this year around um, and gave him some weapons. So, it's put up or shut up time. If Cam struggles this season – I think it's done. I think he's his career's over. Yeah, I would I would overall um agree with that. Switching gears again, what free agent signing do you like the best or do you think has a chance for the most improvement? Hmm. That's a good one. Um man. I think one player. That's 
I think there's, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to say anyone for the Dolphins. I hated Miami's free agency. Um, I felt like they had a chance to really make a splash. I like a lot. There was a lot of signs. I really do. Like I said, I, the JJ Watt signing, I didn't understand it from his standpoint, why he chose the Cardinals, but I do think it makes them a tremendously better team. Um, I think Kenny Galladay to the Giants, I think that's huge because Daniel Jones, to me, Daniel Jones, the it's so hard to judge whether or not he's any good because of his main weapon has been Saquon Barkley, and Saquon Barkley's been hurt the last two years. So getting him a legit wide receiver, a legit playmaker, and if they can get a healthy Saquon, we'll finally get a chance to see what Daniel Jones is, and if he is any good – then all of a sudden that that offense goes from bad to just a really, really potent offense. So I really like the Kenny Gall. I think Kenny Galladay, especially with the NFC East being as wide open as it is, could be the difference maker signing. But once again, it's kind of one of those things where as good as he is, it might be irrelevant if Daniel Jones just turns out to not be a very good quarterback. Yeah, I like um, what Daniel Jones brings – I did like his – obviously, his receivers, he had okay receivers. He didn't star receivers. So I think the Kenny Donald definitely helps. My friend – I told my friend last year that the Giants were going to be good, and then he, like, made fun of me because they weren't good. But I was, I was like, well, I said they were going to be good with Saquon Barkley. With Saquon. That's a huge that's a huge difference maker right there, with Saquon. But then, like, a week or two ago, oh, he, like, messaged me. He's like, the Giants are going to be so good. I was like, you didn't even like the Giants last year. <laughs> I, I just think that that's one that's going to have a massive impact on the outcome of that division. I think – like I said, if it would be different if there was like a clearly dominant team in that division, but there's not. I think it's still so wide open that that could be the move that gets them to win. And no one wins the division back-to-back years, so it could be something that, who knows, maybe the Giants are the winners of it next year. I think any of the teams could potentially win it. Um, I like that, and I, I tell you, I don't know, I think – the, the team I think that I like the most, honestly, is Tampa Bay. I, just the ability to keep all of the people that they've been able to keep. I don't know if they're necessarily the most improved team because they're basically the same team they were last year. But the, the one thing that Super Bowl winning teams struggle with is keeping their own talent. And my dear God, have they been able to do a tremendous job? They had some big name free agents and they've brought almost all of them back. So I think they're the team, honestly, they didn't really bring in anyone new, but I feel like they're winning free agency by keeping their own guys. Yeah, I agree. They kept a lot of guys that were on the fence. You didn't know what way you were going to go, and people didn't really expect them to maybe sign all their guys, but they've definitely they've definitely kept a lot more than people, people thought to try and make another run at it. Uh, they definitely have a chance to, obviously. Well, uh, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up uh, this episode? Um, I, I tell you, man, this is this is honestly my favorite time of the year is this beginning of NFL free agency, the NFL draft coming up. I, I absolutely love this. You really the one of the things I love the most about the NFL 
is the ability for teams to build so quickly and and you don't have these long stretched out rebuilds like you do in the other sports. You can literally go from worst to first in one offseason. So I absolutely love this time of year. Um, this is one of the things we talk about a lot um, on my other podcast. I did want to, once again, just give you a huge uh, shout out. Big thank you uh, for bringing me on. Um, if anybody out there listening uh, wants to to hear more on my end, um, my podcast is called Hard Pass Sports. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes um, if you want to listen. And and once again, man, I just really appreciate you having me on. I'll be giving you a big shout out on the next podcast we do. Thank you. Yeah, we're doing. Uh, we're trying to do uh, big things over here on this uh, podcast. <laughs> so, all right, it was um, enjoy to speak with you and. Thank you. Uh, Hopefully we can talk again sometime. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Out of Our Own End Zone. As a reminder, we can be contacted on social media at Out of Our Own End Zone on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also, we can be listened to on any site that podcasts can be heard. Once again, the team at Out of Our Own End Zone would like to thank you for your listenership and have a nice day. (laughs) 